Come on, what's up? TC turns two. Everybody doing good? Can you give our online campus a what's up? Hey, we love you online. Come on, let everybody know we love them online. You're part of the birthday party as well. And I think we have some gifts as well uh, for our online campus. And so we don't forget about you guys. And I think there's a couple shout outs online and we've got some merch for them. Uh, it is so good to be in the house of God. Two years, God has done so much in two years. And uh, we're gonna have some stats on the screen for you. Just real quick, uh, in the last couple years, fresh starts in the last two years, 943 fresh starts in the last two years. That's 900, almost 1,000 people saying yes to Jesus Christ in the last couple of years. Baptism, 66 people taking a step of water baptism. Come on, you can, yeah, you might, you can cheer for those. 288 people as guests coming through our doors. That's just the people we know of. And connect groups, this is huge. Connect groups is part of our really vision and mission to connect with each other throughout the week, getting into relationship. People say, well, how do you do discipleship here? Really connect groups are how we do discipleship. We don't have 52 different classes for you to take. We believe that the life change comes in the context of relationship. And so, so connect groups are how we do it. And if you're not in one, I'd encourage you to check out our uh, online or get involved in a connect group. 2,670 people people have been in a connect group in the last couple of years. 228 people leading connect groups, 364 people getting plugged in through our, our class and learning about our vision and values. Here's a number that's really passionate uh, to me that I'm really passionate about, global missions. $125,000 given away to global missions in the last two years. Come on, guys, we have a heart for the world. Like people, people always think the church wants something from them. We don't, we want something for you and we want to touch and bless the world. Locally, $151,000 given away to local missions in the last, in the last couple of years. And then this blows me away. Just since COVID, since May, uh, from what's happened in COVID, the number of families, we've given groceries to 1,042 families throughout this COVID season. Uh, total men, women, and children together, 3,635 people have received meals and food just because they've been in quarantine or been affected by COVID uh, somewhere or another. Here's a fun stat, 600 gallons of milk given away. Come on, somebody. that's a lot of Cheerios right there. Come on, 70,092 pounds of food that you guys have distributed and our church has distributed in the last two years, or actually, excuse me, just since May. So I just, I'm so thankful for your heart, for your generosity. Diapers just in 2020, 8,700 diapers through our Generous House Diaper Bank. That's a lot of Snuggies. And then, and then we, uh, summer foods to students. This is a huge one. 3,000 meals were given away uh, to students this summer who, who were at home or not able to get food from the food programs. And so we distributed 3,000 meals. You helped do that. Can you just give yourself a big uh, hand real quick and all, all of those online? Listen, the reason, the reason we can do that is because of your generosity. It really is. We couldn't do any of those things if it wasn't for your heart and for your generosity and your desire to help people in this city and around the planet. So I'm so thankful for your generosity. And I would continue to ask you to pray and believe God and partner in with us in all the areas of our vision. I don't think God's done yet, somebody. Come on. I think he's got a lot of things left to do. Uh, two years, we just getting started. And so we're believing God for a lot uh, in this next year. And I'm just so thankful we get to do this together. We're in a series, I'm gonna jump into the word real, uh, real quick. We're in a series called Flip the Script. And we've been looking at, uh, leading all the way up to Easter, we're gonna look at Jesus and how he flipped the script in the book of John on different uh, scenarios in people's lives that they thought uh, it might've been going one way. And then Jesus shows up and changes the script. Um, we looked at uh, lies. If you, if 
if you believe a lie, last week we looked at just several funny lies. Like if you believe a lie and it has the same power as a truth in your life, if you believe it long enough. So it doesn't even have to be true. It can be a lie, but if you believe it, it has power over your life. Uh, We said a couple uh, simple lies like carrots help your eyesight. No, they don't. They don't help your eyesight. It's a lie. And so, and many of you thought and been eating carrots for years because you believe that, that lie. I mean, it was just as powerful as truth. Many of you believe that you can't swim after you eat for about 45 minutes. That's a lie. That's, that's just totally not true. You can go swimming right away. It does, your digestive system can eat and swim, okay, somebody? God made you uh, buoyant. And so... And so you can eat, that's a lie. Those are silly lies, but when we believe bigger lies, like I'm not good enough, I don't have what it takes, I can't succeed, I'm too dumb, I'm ugly, I I can quit anytime I want, I can never quit. You know, sometimes we begin to believe bigger lies and those things impact our life. And so we need to flip the script. The lie I wanna flip the script on today by looking in John 5, at this story of Jesus, I wanna flip the script on the lie that I missed my moment or, or it's too late for me. It's too late. I, it's, it's, I've missed my time. It's too late for me. In John 5, Jesus uh, gives us this story. John tells us a story of Jesus. It says this. We're gonna pick up in verse one through nine. It says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda having five porches. God gives very intricate detail here. It's by the sheep gate. It's a pool called Bethesda, five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had had an infirmity 38 years. Come on, somebody, that's a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, but, when I'm, but, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Someone gets in front of me. I miss my moment. I miss the time. It's too late for me to get healed. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Title for today, the simple theme is, I was next. I was next. Let me pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for all you've done as we just recount just different numbers. It's not about the numbers. It's not about us. It's about you. It's about how you've impacted people, how you've done something through us, Lord. I I thank you that, um, Lord, if anyone feels like they might've missed their, their window or their time today, you would open up a new spot for them, a new window for them in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, I was next. Have you ever been cut in line? Come on, everybody. I just said, people said, oh. Like, you know, you know the feeling right there. Like, if you've ever just been, you know, cut in line. There's only two times probably in my life when I was like, someone cut me and I was like, nah, uh-uh, nah, nah. Like, I just grabbed, you know, I just say, hey, sir, excuse me. You're not gonna do it, you know? You know, it takes a lot of that courage to, to be like, no, no, no. Someone cuts in your line. It happened to me Friday night. I'm at Whole Foods. Place is crazy, you know? You don't need, I'm walking the wrong way with the arrows. It says one way. I'm like, hey, there's no way I'm going one way. I'm figuring out how to get my way in this grocery store. And, and so I'm going where I wanna go. I can't go one way. They're wrong. I mean, no one, it's the wrong way anyway, okay? What aisle can I walk in? So it's crazy. There's lines. You're trying to check out. 
out. There's pizza, people at the pizza line. I'm getting pizza. I walk up and people are trying to figure out which line to go into and you got to wait and we're distanced and I'll distance. I'm just not going to go one way. And so, and so I'm distanced in the checkout line and as I'm, as I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, I get in the wrong line. How many of you ever gotten in the wrong line? It's longer than it should have been. The lady, I mean, of course, the lady's having trouble checking out the dude and the guy has 52 different coupons and his little thing won't work. And I'm just like, ah, and there's a line next to me that's moving faster. There's people on that line. But then all of a sudden, uh, they, they see that it's getting crowded. And so they open up a third line. And as I'm standing in this line, the lady in the third line says, who was next? Looking at the three different lines or the two lines that are backed up. Well, I got in line before the dude was in line next to me for a different line. And so obviously I'm next. So when she's opening up, she's opening up, not for the dude closest to the line, for who was next in line, right? And so he knew and I knew we both, I got there first. He looked at me and I, I go to walk and he goes real quick and just gets up in that line. I'm like, uh, uh, I was next. I was next. I was next. You know the feeling? I was in Disney and we were checking out for lunch and my wife and I, we had to do it on an app and they were social distancing and we're in line and we're doing virtual lines and we're waiting and you're trying to get food and they go, I go in to get lunch and I'm in the same scenario. I get into this line, I go in and I'm staying like a good person in a line in my line and the girl up at the counter has like a 30 minute issue. Two of us are waiting in line behind her and all of the line in the outside is getting to go to the other lines. We were in there first and I'm looking at the lady up there at the thing and, and she's 30 minutes and we, we can't, and you're, what, we're making body language. We're, we're making, we're rolling our eyes. We're, we're, we're doing everything that we can. I'm, I'm like, I've got, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm just like, ah, and then we're looking at each other. The person in front of me, we're like, she got an issue up there. Excuse, finally, we're like, excuse me. People are walking in. All the people that were like number four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're getting in and going right to the fast lines and getting all their food. I've been there. I was here first. It doesn't feel right. It's like I was here first. The worst is, the worst is when you're in line, here, here, you're gonna feel this one. When you're in line and the person in front of you is, is waiting and you're waiting and then all of a sudden like 10 of their friends and family climb in in front of you and the people in front of you go, oh, they're with us. We're holding the space in line. They're, they're family, they're family, they're, fam they're family. I'm like, I don't care if it's your grandmama. Get in the back of the line. I've been waiting here. It's just like, there's, there's just something that like, no, no, no. And you don't say that. You want to say that. You want to say like, I don't care if they're family. I don't care if they're friends. Come on. I've been waiting here 30 minutes. You can't just bring your whole group of people in front of me in the line because you was standing here. They can wait in line like everybody else. Am I, am anybody hearing me this morning? I don't know. I might be the only unsaved person in the room. Pray for me <laughs> when I'm in a line. <laughs> you know, when you want to say, I was next. You want, to say, you want to say all those things, but you don't. You smile, you bite your tongue, you stare, you roll your eyes, you have this internal dialogue. But what you really know is that you just got cut in line. You want to say, I was next. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, I was next. John gives us this glimpse of this story where Jesus encounters a guy at this pool called Bethesda. The guy's been there 38 years. The Bible says that Jesus goes through the sheep gate to a pool named Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy, house of mercy. He goes into this sheep gate. Jesus walks through the gate to the house of mercy with, with five pools around this house of, of, of mercy. Five is the number of grace. Literally, Jesus walks through the sheep gate to the house of mercy and grace. 
He comes into a house of mercy and grace where there's a big group of people that are lame and blind and paralyzed, laying by a pool of grace and mercy, waiting to get healed, waiting for the water to be stirred. God has given us a picture. John has given us a picture of the church. A multitude of blind and lame and broken people that are coming around mercy and grace that need Jesus to show up in their life. The sheep gate is a gate where actually it was the gate of atonement. It was the gate of substitution. It was literally the gate that they brought the sheep that were meant to be the atoning sin offering for, for the people. It's where, the, where those sheep would walk through that gate. And all of a sudden now the lamb of God is walking through the sheep gate where the atoning sacrifice is led through for the people. And there's a group of lame and broken and paralyzed people laying there around this place. I think it's this beautiful picture of us coming around mercy and grace, needing Jesus to enter into the places that we lie lame in our life sometimes. And just several thoughts today. Number one, I think we're gonna flip the script on, it was my time, it was my moment, it's too late for me. Number one, it's okay to not be okay. Like sometimes the devil tells you all these lies and, and, and wants to say all these things to you. And our greatest fear, hear me, our greatest fear is that our greatest fear is true. And can I tell you, your greatest fear is true apart from God, apart from Jesus, apart from being fallen on the, on the rock and broken to pieces and just going ahead and accepted that my greatest fear is true, God, that I can't do it. I can't make it. I can't survive. It won't happen. I can't, I can't get back. I, I, it is too late for me, God. The greatest fear is true without Jesus. But with Jesus, once we acknowledge that, man, God, I'm gonna be broken on the rock. I need you, God. Now all of a sudden that greatest fear begins to dissipate. I just think, let me say it this way. We've all got a mat. Everybody in here carries a mat. We all have a certain mat in our life and this guy is laying on his mat. And a lot of times we think it's not okay to have a mat in our life. We think we're supposed to come to church and everything's supposed to be perfect and we don't have a mat. And, and, and the reality is you and I, we all carry some type of mat in our life. And it's okay to not be okay. And, and the devil, the way he gets the script turned in our life is saying that you've got to have it all together. It's got to be perfect. Let me just say this. John the apostle did not paint a picture of perfect people laying poolside right here. For all the people that aren't here today and they're at the ocean somewhere, pray for them. They need Jesus. We pray for you right now on spring break. And, and I, but, but sometimes we think there's this perfect picture of people around the pool. This ain't no country club church. This is not country club church. Come on, if you're looking for country club church, you got the wrong church. It's not, this is, this is like, this is public pool church, somebody. Come on, anybody? This is not, this is not like, you know, you know country club around the pool, like Frederick. Frederick, yes, Fran. You know, they forgot the great poupon on my pastrami I ordered poolside. This is not it. And sometimes we think we're coming to country club church. Come on, anybody grew up public pool? Any public pool faith people? You know what I'm talking about. Just having that snack bar faith, hoping mama gave you some change to get to the snack bar because you dropped off all day. She ain't getting you back. You ain't getting picked back up. You at the public pool, right? You, got, you, you can't see for three days when you get in that water so much chlorine, hazy, skin look like Elmer's glue. Ah, this is, some kid drops a turd in the water. Everybody out! We gonna shock it, shock it, back in, all swim. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't see, y'all know, you know what I'm talking about. I grew up public pool faith, somebody. 
Everybody's back in. This is all people, broken humanity. We need a miracle. We need a Messiah. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed, all up around the pool. We've all been blind, lost vision at certain times in our life. We've all been lame in certain areas, dysfunctional or something, lost function in an area of our life. We've all been paralyzed, stuck for a moment in time where we can't move forward. And Jesus is actually flipping the script here. He's coming into the place of grace and mercy around this pool, giving you and I access to the miraculous power of God. We come here waiting for the power of a Messiah, believing for God to flip the script. No perfect people around this pool. We all carry a mat. And I just pray to God that you don't think it's country club when it comes to Jesus, that you're, you can have a mat, that it's okay. Jesus finds this man 38 years with an infirmity. An infirmity is actually used uh, by Paul. The word is used in Romans chapter, uh, in Romans when Paul says, I don't, in chapter seven, when he says, I do what I don't wanna do, but I don't do what I wanna do. He literally, Paul's saying, I have no, no strength. I have no spiritual strength to actually live for God. I have no ability in my own power to, to do what I want to do and serve God. But then Paul goes on to say, but thanks be to Jesus Christ who makes me a conqueror. And so literally Jesus in, in the word here is infirmity, meaning that this man has no power to make himself any better. There's no, there's an infirmity. He's in a state of powerlessness, no strength in his dysfunction to make anything better or to live for God. And Jesus finds him sitting by a, by a pool paralyzed in his dysfunction. Come on, anybody glad Jesus found you laying by the pool? Come on, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I didn't have to find him. I'm so thankful that I didn't have to work my way up to him. I'm so thankful that he still finds me laying poolside sometimes in the areas that I need him. And Jesus comes and finds this man and, and, and Jesus begins to flip the script. He says this to him. He says, hey, do you wanna be made well? Do you wanna be made well? I mean, you, that's a, Jesus always asks the dumbest questions. I mean, if you, from my standpoint, from my, th- like, do you want to be made well? Like, dude, I've been laying here 38 years. And, and look what the guy says, verse seven. He goes, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. And the, the, the legends goes that, that an angel would come in once a year and stir the water in this pool. They, it was once a year or, or, or several times a year. And when the water was stirred a certain way, it was, it was it, I believe it's true. I, I, you know, some say it was a, a myth. Some say, you know, but I, I think there was this, this pool where this water is stirred by this angel, uh, this Old Testament miraculous moment. And one person got to get in and the first person in was healed. And here, here this guy says, sir, there's nobody to help me. I'm paralyzed. I'm on a mat. And when the water's stirred, I'm coming. But someone gets in before me. Someone cuts me in line. Someone takes my moment. The guy doesn't answer the question. He just says, my moment's gone. He didn't answer the question. He didn't say, yeah. He just says, someone got, I was next, God. I was next, but someone jumped in front of me. He just starts making excuses. 38 years, he's been lying there seeing someone else get in the water before him. 38 years, been seeing other people get healed. 38 years being cut in line. 38 years of I was next. He's paralyzed for 38 years because of a moment in time, because of a missed moment in time, because it's too late. Someone got in front of me. So many of us are paralyzed for 38 years right now because of a moment in time. Some of you are paralyzed right now because of a moment in time or a missed opportunity or what they said or because of them or they cut in front of me or they didn't love me or they got in my way or they left me or they fired me or they hated me. 
They divorced me. They abandoned me. They ignored me. He ignored me. She broke my heart. He hurt me. I didn't get what they got. I wanted what they had. I was next. And you're stuck because of a moment and you feel like it's too late. There's been times that I've been stuck and I felt like, man, it's just too late. Jesus shows up. This guy has been hurt. He's been paralyzed. Come on. I know they hurt you. Listen to me. But they moved on. They remarried. They started the business. They went back to school. They got back in church. They began to have other relationships. I I know it hurt, but the reality is they've moved on. Who is worth and what is worth 38 years? Come on, maybe your 38 years is just the last couple of months. I don't know. Some of y'all who are like engineers are like, 38 years, it's the story. (laughs) No, it's... Hypothetical. (laughs) I mean, think 38, who's worth waiting? Who's worth being stuck for 38 years? I I don't, I mean, I think that there's so much that you could have done in 38 years. You're still talking about, I'm not gonna love anybody. I'm not gonna open up. I'm not gonna, uh, this is what happened to me. They cut me in line. I was next, I was next, I was next. In 38 years, you could have written the book in 38 years. You could have started the business in 38 years. You could, have, you could have formed a family. You could have forgiven. You could have forgotten. You could have blessed. You could have given. You could have stood up. You could have done so much in the last 38 years or in the amount of time for whenever that moment hit. You could have changed the world. You could have lived and done something amazing in the time that you've been stuck in that place. Jesus says, do you want to be made well? Can I preach to you today? Do you want to be made well? The reality is, listen, this guy's discouraged. I mean, think about it. For 38 years, seeing other people getting in front of him, usually unbelief follows discouragement. Usually discouragement sets in in our life and then unbelief follows. And I just wrote this down. Don't allow discouragement to become doubt. Just because you've uh, seen others jump in front of you or others blessed or other things happen or they hurt you or you think you might've been stuck for a moment, don't let it turn to doubt. Sometimes our mind tells us, man, there's no way. Jesus asked this guy, do you wanna be made well? And the guy's like, in his natural mind, there's no way, like I can't get in. Like there's no one there. Like I don't have what it takes. I don't have the money. I don't have the ability. I don't have the education. I don't have the help. I don't have, and, and just the natural mind begins to box in God. But our God is supernatural. I remember when we sat here, Will, and we prayed down in front for your mom. On a, in, into, in a coma with, with, with really where they said she has, we're just, we're just saying goodbye to her from COVID. I don't know how many weeks in a coma. And we stood there and we believed God outside of the box. And we said every word just saying, you know what, God? No, today we asked and we just said, your will be done. We agreed. And it was like two, three weeks later, you came to me. She said, she's off the ventilator. She's come, and there was no hope. Here, here's what happens. Come on, sometimes our, our minds make God in this box. Whatever box we feel like we're in, we put God in the same box that we've gotten ourselves into. And we think he's just this, and in this natural box. I'm just here to tell you, no, no, no. He, God is outside of the limits of the box that you're in. And I love Jesus. Come on. The guy says, I don't have, Jesus says, you want to be made well? And God said, I don't have anybody stirred the water that got down in front of me. Jesus, I love Jesus. He doesn't even respond to it. He doesn't even answer any of it. We don't like this Jesus. We we want the Jesus that says, oh, I'm so sorry. You didn't have anyone? That's what our society's built. This Jesus that isn't real. 
Oh, you know, I, I'm just, this happened to you. They skipped you in the line. Oh, come on. I was a hard crowd this morning. Oh, they did, this happened to you. Oh, let me just, we want Jesus to comfort us in our dysfunction and in our excuses. We want him to just empathize with our dysfunction. That's what we want God to do. We want God to just make it be okay and it's gonna be fine. And oh, I'm so sorry. There was no one. This, he didn't do any of that. No, 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 no. He flipped the script. How? He commanded the impossible. He commanded something that couldn't happen. He said, no, 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 rise, take up your bed and walk. Rise, take up your bed and walk. He commands it to flip the script. So often we want Jesus to empathize and sympathize with our dysfunction, but he wants to command the impossible. And if you're gonna wait for him to sympathize with your dysfunction, you're never gonna get the impossible in your life. You're like, well, this isn't empathetic. Well, he wasn't. I mean, he was ultimately with a miracle but not to coddle us in our conditions. No, no, no. Jesus says in verse eight, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Three commands from Jesus cancel 38 years of pain. We sing a song, it's on your authority. Three commands from Jesus. 38 years are flipped in the script. Rise, take up your bed and walk. I'm gonna give you simple thoughts. When Jesus says rise, he says, do you wanna be made well? And then he says, rise. Listen to me. The word rise there actually means to come back from the dead, to, to cause to appear. Listen, to produce. So, so literally, Jesus is producing something in his soul before the dude ever takes one step. He says, rise. I just, number one, I wrote this, desire again. He's actually putting a desire with that word back into the man's heart. Let God bring desire back from the dead in your life. Desire again, like it's that Chipotle faith. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I eat there three times a week, four times a week, and then I get a little bit tired of it and I don't wanna eat there again. But, but sometimes, somehow I pass that glass golden window on Cedar Bluff and see the line outside right there in the restaurant. I'm like, oh, and my desire comes back to life. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what restaurant is for you. You've eaten there, you've eaten there, you've eaten there, but all of a sudden you just get that desire coming back again. That's, that's what Jesus says, rise. And all of a sudden this desire starts coming back inside of this man's heart again. He says, do you wanna be made well? And I want something to come back to, to life inside of you. I don't know what it is for you. We never heard the man say yes, but we saw him say yes as he began to push himself up off a mat. You know, something has to happen in your soul before it happens in your feet. And so Jesus doesn't just say, it's not just rise, it's not just get up. There's this power, there's this impartation of desire and God is preparing your soul, speaking into your soul to rise again, to desire. Do you want God to move in your life again? Despite the sickness, despite the pain, despite your mind, despite the sin, despite the guilt, despite your own willpower, do you want God to move again? Do you desire again? Hear me, Jesus didn't ask for one resource from the guy. All he asked for was desire and he imparted desire. There's nothing you can bring to bear. This is a picture of pure grace. It's pure grace, thank God, there's nothing. He just says, do you wanna be made well? Rise. 
and something starts happening in our heart and in your heart and in your life. I'm just praying that today the word rise from Jesus would put such grace into you that whatever you've been crippled on, you'd be, you'd be able to come back to life in and actually begin to walk and rise again. Jesus says, rise. Listen to me. He doesn't say reflect. He doesn't say remorse. He doesn't say regret. And this is gonna mess with some of you church folk. He doesn't even say repent. That dude didn't even know it was God. Sometimes we can get so discouraged, we don't even know God's on the scene. We need to hear Jesus say, rise. I promise you, if you'll hear him say rise in your heart today, there's something you can get back up in. I want you to rise up on your marriage. I want you to get a desire for your kids again, a desire for your purpose, a desire for living again, a desire for your miracle again. Come on, sometimes we stop believing for even our miracle, like a desire for God to move again. When God says rise, he gives you all the power you need to stand up. 38 years is nothing. God is flipping the script on your life today. And you're going from I was next to I am next. I am next. Not I was next. 38 years is over. He says rise. And then Jesus says this. He doesn't say rise and walk. You think he'd say rise and walk. He says, rise, take up your mat, and walk. I was reading that. I'm like, wait a minute. You, it would have been a lot easier for you to say, rise and walk. Like, rise and, and, and move on. Rise and leave the mat behind. Number two, keep the mat. You want to flip the script, you got to keep the mat. Most of us want to hide from the mat. We want to act like we never had a mat. We don't want anybody to know we had a mat. We're like, okay, no, no, I'm going to hide the mat. No, 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 no. Listen to me. I say it all the time. God can't heal what you hide, but you can't hide what he heals. And so often the, 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 the script isn't flipped in your life because you're trying to hide the mat and you don't have a story and you're not telling them how, you, how you're carrying it and what God did and you got too much pride to admit that God healed you from something and God's saying, please stop hiding what I healed because somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to have it. Take up your mat. I'm humble enough to know that I need a Messiah because I got a mat and this mat reminds me day in and day out that I need a Messiah and if I don't give him glory by recognizing that he got me off of it, I'll end up back on it. I need to carry my mat, the thing that I've been crippled on for 38 years, God gives you and I power to carry. The thing you've been crippled on, now God wants you to carry where people go, man, how are you making moves with that mat? Because I'm making moves with my mat. <laughs> How do you handle it like that? God said, pick it up. How, how, how can you get over it like that? God said, God said to rise and carry my mat. And so, so I'm, I'm not gonna hide what he's healed. I'm gonna let the world know. I believe that there's a testimony for you that I'm gonna take this mat up. I'm gonna tell my story. Please stop hiding your story. Please stop hiding what God's healed. Don't, don't be embarrassed of it. That's the power in your story. Somebody needs to hear it. And I promise you, when you, hear me, when you, when you try to hide it, that gives the devil an opportunity to keep rewriting the script. Man, you're ashamed. Man, I, no, one's gonna, no one's gonna like you if, you if you share that. No one's gonna, they're gonna think. Uh, and he just starts rewriting the script in our minds. God's saying, no, 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 no. Just, everybody sees the mat anyway. <laughs> it ain't like you hiding it. You got all this mat hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> That's another sermon. I mean, we, we might as well carry the mat, keep the mat. 
And the last one, this is, this is so important, guys. If you wanna flip the script, start walking. Just start walking. Rise, take up your mat, and walk. 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 If you've raised kids, you ever had your kid fall off the bike or fall down running and they skin their knee? Get the big skin on the knee, right? And you go up and they see it, you see it. Come on, Jason, you're teaching your kids to ride bikes and to do all that. They get their, they get their arms scraped up, their knees scraped up. You come up as a parent and what do they do? They're like, they're looking at it. They look at you. They look at it. They look at you. You know, their lip is quivering and they're waiting for your reaction. They're waiting for you to give permission to walk. They're waiting for your, for your insight, for your direction. And, and, and as they look at it, you know, if you begin to go, oh, they begin to cry. But if you go, oh, oh, wow, man, that's gotta hurt. That's, man, whoa, but you're tough. Come on, girl, come on, boy, you're strong. Look at you. Wow, that bike's waiting on you. But I feel sorry for that ground. You know what I'm talking about? Look at you. I feel sorry for the ground, young man, young girl. And you begin to, you begin to react different when they get scraped and they got this fear and this pain and, and you start saying, you know what, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, you can, you can get up. What do you say as a dad? Walk it off. But mom says, wash it off. Dad says, walk it off. You need both. You need both. But let me, let me tell you something. There's some things that cannot be washed off, can only be walked off. The word washes our filth, but our walk works our faith. And if you only get the word and you're only trying to wash your filth all the time, but you never add a walk to work your faith, you never get fully cleansed. It just, it just can't happen. Remember the 10 lepers? Jesus encounters 10 lepers and he says, go and show yourself to the priest. The Bible says, and as they walked, they were healed. There's cleansing in the walk. There's healing in the walk. I, I think you need to get up and walk it off again. Come on, we've created a society. Oh, did you get a boo-boo? We've created a boo-boo generation. I'm not saying suppress emotions. I'm saying quit turning irritations into limitations. Quit allowing every single irritation to become a limitation in your life. Did you, we got a boo-boo generation. No, 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 no. Don't suppress them. I know it hurt. I know it didn't feel good, but daddy says, walk it off because you're strong and you're capable and you're gonna rise and you got a desire in your life and 38 years is over. Am I preaching to anybody today? I'm talking to myself. I just want you to know this, 38 years symbolizes a generation. God is saying, I don't care how long it's been in your generation. I don't care if it's been handed down from family to family. I don't care if you felt stuck for a moment in time or if you felt skipped or you felt left out or you think your, your time's over or it's too late. Come on, God's here to flip the script today. Jesus knows, Jesus cares, and he's walking by the pool. And I believe that God wants to heal some things and say, rise, I'll put a desire back in your life. Hey, grab the mat. You're not ashamed. Don't hide what I've healed. And then you begin to walk this thing out and watch God make you stronger and stronger and stronger in your faith. I'm praying that some people rise up today, stand up today. I don't know what it is for you. I want to pray for you. 38 years is a generation. 
Jesus says, it's over. I flipped the script. It's not gonna be handed down. You're not gonna feel powerless from generation to generation. You're not giving it to your kids. You're not gonna give it to your kids' kids. Come on. We're gonna stand up. I pray for a desire in your life today. Father, come on, pray with me. Just heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, I thank you for this place. I thank you for your word during during, uh, spring break right now. I thank you for all those that are online watching your word. Lord, I, I know that your word washes us, but sometimes there's some things we have to walk off and we can't just wash off. It's both. Mom says, wash it off. Dad says, walk it off. Thank you for te- teaching us both, God. I pray today supernaturally that someone that's lost desire, desire for tomorrow, desire for life, desire for their kids, desire for marriage, desire for the miracle. They've been praying and praying and praying and it seems like they've been skipped and they said, you know what? I've been skipped. I've been stuck. I've been, I've missed my window. I've missed my time or my opportunity or it's too late. I pray they'd keep swinging. They'd keep fighting. They'd keep desiring. I pray for some Chipotle faith today, God, to rise up in this place. I pray that we get hungry again. I pray for your church today, God, that we would receive a desire from you. We can't bring anything to bear. You do it and you say rise and you part something into our soul so that it could affect our our feet as we walk this thing out. I just pray for for this whole place, for everyone listening online, if you're stuck and you, you say, you know what, I don't have a desire, I need a desire. I pray, God, that you would impart desire today. I pray for anyone in here that's got a mat that they've been trying to hide any area that, that you've healed, I pray they would get the story out so that you could get the glory, God. I pray that they would figure out ways, not, not just wait for someone to ask them, not just kind of sit back, not just kind of half hide the mat and go, well, if someone asked me my story, no, 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 no. I pray they would get proactive with the mat, that they would pick up the mat, that they wouldn't feel ashamed of the mat, God, that they would actually not hide what you healed and you would do more with your story through their life. You would flip the script because they're not ashamed of the healing and the mat that they carry. Lord, I pray for people to be able to make moves with their mat today. It's not a hindrance, it's humility. I thank you for the humility for us to carry our mats and give you the glory today. We all have a mat, God. I pray for every script to be flipped in anyone's mind that says, you know what? You got a mat and you're not worthy and you gotta be perfect and you're at the wrong, you're at the wrong pool and you got problems, but this, this church, their country club, no, 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 no. We, this is not a country club kingdom. Father, I thank you for all of us that carry those areas of our life. And I thank you, Lord, whether it be a lame area or a blind area or a paralyzed area, you would speak into it today. You would say, rise and take up your mat and walk. I pray for those in this place that could walk today. They wouldn't just rise and stand around with their mat, that we would begin to walk in new ways and new directions to new people and to new missions to new purposes, God. I thank you for TC Turns 2, but God, we're not done yet. I thank you for this house and this family. I pray that we would walk like we've never walked before, God. You speak walk over our life today. I pray for anyone in here that's maybe felt stuck or seated that they would walk today with a new walk, God. Supernaturally, not by might or strength or power, not by self-effort or self-will, but by your word today, God. We walk when you say walk. We will not fear the walk. We will not fear the walk, God. We will not get comfortable in confinement. I pray for anyone that's gotten comfortable in confinement. Anyone that's, 
been comfortable in a present prison, not willing to take steps to get whole and healed. You say today, do you want to be made well? Do you want to get off the mat? Do you want to stand up? Lord, I pray against comfortable confinement today. I pray that I know we're familiar with it. I know it's comfortable. I know it's an easy mat. I know it's not going to let us down. I know we've we've carried it for you. I know we've been laying on it for years. I get it, God. I know it's I know we know what to expect from it, but I pray we would not fear the walk. I know we don't doubt your word, but we fear the walk sometimes. So God, I pray we wouldn't fear the walk today. When you say walk, we would obey. When you say walk, we would take steps, God, today. Maybe it's just one step. I pray it starts today. Holy Spirit, do your work. Father, we thank you for healing and setting free and delivering and getting us back to our feet, giving us the desire to walk. No one looking around just for another second. If you're in this place and maybe you just say, you know what, Pastor, I I don't know Jesus. You're talking about Jesus giving me a desire and helping me take steps forward. And maybe you've never really surrendered your life to him. Can I tell you the only way to rise and take your mat up and walk, the only way to successfully carry a mat is to give it to a savior, to let him handle your life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 that If you would give your life to Jesus and make make him the leader and the Lord of your life, you get a fresh start in God. No one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you or stand you up or bring you forward. But if you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I, I need his power. I want him to lead my life. I'm done leading my own life. I need him to take care of my sin, shame, guilt, all my excuses and all that. He nailed all that to a tree, to a cross, and he rose from the dead. And he gave you new life in that. Today's the day you could accept it. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up to me and say, you know what? Pray for me, Pastor. Is that anybody in here? I need a fresh start with God this morning. I'm just going to take a second. If you're online and you need a a fresh start, just type in fresh start into into the chat right there. Anybody at all need a fresh start? Awesome. Let me pray for us. If you, if you put your hand up, pray this prayer with me. If you didn't, put your heart up and let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for going to that cross and being my substitute. Thank you for dying for me on that tree, taking my sin, my shame, my guilt, my excuses, taking where I've messed up, taking all my, my mat, taking all of it where I, that I can't handle on my own and nailing it to a tree. Thank you more than that for coming back to, the, to life, God. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you that you are God and that you came back to life and you give me a brand new life today. Give me a brand new heart. Give me a fresh start. I make you the Lord. I surrender to you as the leader of my life. I give you all the glory and praise and honor the rest of my days in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give God praise this morning, guys.